Hi, I'm Zach Neal. The purpose of this podcast is to teach and inspire professional and personal growth. In order for you to attain maximum benefit from listening to this podcast, you must keep an open mind and be willing to take a critical look at yourself, your words, and your actions. Simply put, if you're not willing to listen or to effectuate change in your life, then this podcast won't do a fucking thing for you. Enjoy. Yeah, so let's get into it. Let's talk about good investments for 2020 and beyond. Let's talk about the next five years, the next 10 years, where people should be putting their money. And we're not talking about massive investments. These could be small investments, mid-size investments. We're talking anywhere from if you're looking to spend, you know, five to ten thousand dollars and put it into something. My recommendation is, as always, startups, small businesses. Um, I don't ever angle people away from tech. I don't think that you should avoid tech like there's something wrong with it. I just be very careful with digital tech because as you know, with like the dating app craze, you know, there was 500,000 dating apps developed and 10 of them launched and and made money. Um, And the other, you know, 400 and some odd thousand that are left over, you never heard anything about again. So when it comes to how you should invest your money or what you want to get into, here is my honest advice. And I've been preaching this for the last five years. And, you know, I don't talk about it publicly too much, but if I'm being honest, and I think you can take this to the bank, um, what you want to look at are industries that are not going to be easily automated because as you can see, automation is taking over, has taken over and is continuing to take over and will continue to take over so many uh, industries. And you're looking into even some things that are commonplace, like in the grocery store, you see more and more digital checkout stations. Those jobs are going away, checkout jobs, cashiers, things like that we've seen go away at a mass scale. And this is just going to continue and continue and continue. I mean, there's a there's an, a machine that'll make you a pizza now. You literally, I've, I've seen one, you can go in, you put your money in and it, you pick your toppings and it fucking cooks you a pizza and spits it out the other side. So this type of automation makes investment in certain things scary. And so you say, oh, do you, do you want to be the smart investor, the smart business person that gets in on the automation? And I'm not going to tell you that it's too late, but I am going to tell you that it is too late unless you have real money. Um, right now, you're behind. I mean, that's that's what's already in production. There are already massive amounts of automation being developed right now to replace or offset uh, industry, multiple industries. So the idea that you're going to be first to develop the, you know, the machine or get in on with that company that's developing, I would avoid that. What I would consider investing in, what I would recommend uh, investing in would be service industry and things that are not going to be easily automated. Um, I don't think we're going to see in the next 10 years, a robot that cuts your hair or gives you a manicure or pedicure, um, health industry, wellness businesses, things that still require and always will require a person um, to do that service. Who knows, maybe in the future, there's a robot that's going to cut your hair or give you a manicure or take care of you in the doctor's office or give you a massage or holistic service or, you know, be your personal trainer. Maybe that's coming, but it's very far down the line. So for right now, my investments in 2020 are going to be into small business and they're going to be specifically focused on the service industry. I actually recently just invested into a salon that we're going to franchise um, that's offering a wide variety of services that are uh, not normal for a salon to offer. And we're, we're getting into some fringe territory. But the reason why is because these are services that people need and require that are growing in popularity and they're not easily automated. 
So really simply put, my investments for 2020 and over the next few years are really going to be into people, people services, investing in small business. So even if you have a small amount of money, you know, you're not a huge investor, you're not a part of a fund and you're looking to just get into something, finding good businesses that might already exist in the town you live in or, or, you know, like for me, it was some friends owned a hair salon. Um, and it's got a hair salon on a spa and there's an opportunity for me to get in. So I got in because it's a service industry that's going to continue to grow. Health, wellness, and beauty are going to continue to grow drastically over the next five years. A lot of people think like the cosmetics and makeup and those things have peaked. I am absolutely telling you they haven't even begun. Um, there's just that, that industry is going to see a massive amount of growth and it certainly hasn't peaked. I invested in a cosmetics company a couple years back, um, about two years ago now, a startup, and I'm very happy with my investment and the company has done even better than I anticipated it would do initially. And then we saw a small slowdown and now we're about to launch out with a bunch of new product. And I've also noticed some things in that industry specifically, one of the biggest problems with a, a startup cosmetics brand is that the MOQs, the, you know, the minimum orders that they'll make on product are really steep. You know, some of these companies won't do anything less than 10,000 pieces. So if you want to put out, let's say a palette, right, eight, eight or 10 color palette, you're required to print, you know, to make 10,000 pieces minimum. For a startup company, that is just not, um, it's not, it's not right. <laughs> it's not practical to make 10,000 pieces. You're talking about something that costs $8 to make. You, you have to spend $80,000 and that doesn't include your shipping and packaging and all these other things. So it really has been a deterrent for, you know, these Instagram makeup people and these people that are like, you know, wanting to start their own lines or have a big following, but they don't have 80 or a hundred grand to put a palette out. So the reason I'm bringing this up is I'm just discovering there's these new labs that are popping up in LA and New York. I've been in contact with a bunch of them that now they're specializing in small runs. They'll do a thousand pieces, 500 pieces. They're, they're offsetting the market and they're going to say to these big companies, Hey, fuck you guys. You've been sticking it to us for years. There's all of these great, you know, young entrepreneurs and people that are in this industry that are making and have ideas for great product that's going to help to offset the next generation of cosmetics, but they can't get in the game because they don't have six figures or sometimes seven figures that's needed. And I mean, let's be honest, you know, I think everybody is pretty sick and tired of getting their cosmetics from a Kardashian or a Jenner, right? So you shouldn't have to be a billionaire or a reality TV star or a famous person in any regard to have an idea for a good product and be able to get that product to market. You also shouldn't have to spend, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to get that product to market. There, there was a time in the world where people made shit and you could go to a blacksmith and say, hey, I need 15 fire pokers. And that guy could make you 15 fire pokers because that's the way it worked. And now we've gotten into this kind of rut with a lot of manufacturing where people, it's just not worth their time or my machine won't, you know, there's too much excess waste or my machine won't make that. Or I'm just basically not going to fucking bother with a thousand pieces of anything. I want a minimum run of, you know, X number of pieces, 5,000 or 10,000 pieces, which has been a major deterrent for a lot of uh, younger people trying to get into business. And it's not, it doesn't just go with makeup. It goes with a lot of things, I mean, manufacturing of clothing or sneakers or hats. And so this is kind of a systematic way how the system kind of um, intentionally represses some some young entrepreneurs and smaller business people that want to get into the market. It's like, well, 
you know, you have a great idea. I know my product would be sick. I know the sneaker I designed would be awesome, but how the fuck do I get this thing to market? You know, I'm being told I need a million dollars to even consider. And then some of these people have been, you know, unfortunate enough to find the money, meaning they found an investor or they found a way to get the money. And then they dumped the money into going and, and creating, you know, 50,000 of something and then not having the other piece of the business, which is the marketing component and the drive and the sales and all of that stuff. And so they end up, you know, sitting on 48,000 pieces of something and going bankrupt before it ever hits market. And I've seen, I've personally seen products that people have developed over the last, you know, decade that would have been a big splash if they just had the right marketing or the right push behind them to get them out. But a lot of that boils down to um, what I'm talking about here, which is making smart investments in following these trends. So for me, like cosmetics, health, wellness, and beauty, you've seen the giant craze on the CBD oil. Do not get involved with CBD. Do not get involved with marijuana products, period, because that that ship was sailed three years ago. I mean, you would have needed to be on that ship five years ago to be there. Now we have more pot in this country is being grown than anyone could ever consume or use. And the regulations between states and federal government are still too weird. They're too wonky right now to even bother getting it. I mean, I know a guy that's got a farm and he can't get rid of the weed that he's growing. He literally can't get rid of it. He can't sell it. He can't cross state lines with it. There's not enough labs or enough people, you know, he just can't. And then he would need to spend $5 million to build an extraction plant where he could use the weed and get the CBD oil and find a way to manufacture it. So it's just, you want to stay the fuck away from that. Like that looks like a sexy industry. I'm going to have a grow farm, make CBD oil, stay away from that. But health and wellness and beauty, uh, we're talking about supplements, vitamins, great business, whole food, organic, vegan, that whole thing, plant-based food, plant-based nutrition, any type of information about plant-based nutrition or plant-based wellness, whether it be books, guides, diet plans, cookbooks, you name it, That I'm, I'm writing a fully plant-based and gluten-free cookbook. That's my follow-up to my last book. I'm working on that in 2020. So I'm on that. I'm investing in that um, because people are getting smarter, right? We're growing as a, as a community. We're growing as a society. We're figuring out that animal products kill you. So... Yes, anything in that world, I think, is a good thing to invest in. And that could be as simple as like find four friends and put up 10 grand each and open a, you know, a plant based cafe in your town, especially if you're in a place where they don't offer that. You would be amazed how many people are trying to eat that way, but there's nothing provided for them. You know, I was living in a very small town that had nothing but, you know, fast food chains and like meat restaurants and when I became plant-based, I found a Thai restaurant in my town. It's the only place in my town, but they have a full plant-based menu where you can basically get any one of their dishes as a plant-based option, as a vegan option. And um, I go there religiously now, and a lot of other people I know, that place really stays open because of that. So anything in that world, that market, if you've been watching you know, the reports on Beyond Meat and Impossible Meats and all this plant-based meat, you've been watching even fast food restaurants adopt these things and how well like the Impossible Whopper is doing at Burger King, you know that this is an uptrend. And this is just the beginning of this because there's only a handful of companies doing it at that level and there's only a handful of products available. Um, and just the, the awareness of what you know the meat industry does to the environment, to the planet, and to your body, it's something that we are moving away from. So yeah, for the next 10 years for plant-based eating and nutrition, that's going to be massive. So that's a smart investment. But again, back to, um, you know, back to the uh, jobs and, and industry service industry that are not easily automated. 
that's where I would be putting my money, you know, where I am putting my money for the next couple of years. And I think that it's really starts in small business startups and good ideas, you know, smart people that are thinking up creative new ideas in service industry. I invested in a salon and I invested in makeup because these are still one of, you know, makeup is product driven, but like I was talking about those labs, right? I don't think I finished my point there. The labs are so important because there's all these new labs popping up that are now offering small runs. You can print 500 of something versus 5,000 and they're smart and they're going to win in the long run because all of these big fucking labs in China and in LA and you know, in the Midwest, these, these places are going to start losing business if they don't catch back up because they're not on page. But this is the age of social media. This is the age of Instagram. This is the age of TikTok and Snapchat where there are fucking 17-year-old girls and boys out there that are getting, you know, seven-figure followings on here as beauty influencers. And these people are ready to create a product, but they're just kids. They don't have a million dollars, but they can partner up with a chemist and a marketing person and they can print a thousand pallets, right? And they can sell them at 50 bucks a piece and they can make their money and then they can go back and reinvest and print 5,000 more. And, and with their following, with, you know, with the, the, the groups that they're able to generate and the revenue they'll be able to generate, they can build a multi-million dollar business in two or three years by investing in their own created product. And that same thing goes for apparel. I still think the apparel market is going to stay strong, super strong. I, I think that fashion and social awareness about how we dress and how we keep ourselves up. Another thing to look at, um, and this is something I was planning on looking at, is uh, organic clothing and organic bedding, organic curtains, organic textiles are going to be big because if you're seeing the reports that are coming out now that there's this new movement with food and wellness and we're talking about chemicals and organic eating and plant-based diet, there's also the fact there's a report that came out in the news two days ago that talked about how fire suppressive chemicals that are used on furniture, bedding, you know, anything to make them more flame retardant, that those things are causing low IQ. There could be a link to autism. There could be a link to brain damage or underdevelopment in children. And so, you know, of course, I mean, we've all known this shit at, at least at a subconscious level for years that everything's covered in chemicals and dyes. But when we're talking about how we dress right now, there are companies that make organic clothing, organic bedding, but the shit's ugly. It doesn't look fashionable. So there are going to be companies and the brands that are smart, smart brands are going to pay attention to that movement and they're going to start putting out alternate versions. Just how you saw in the grocery store 10 years ago, you started seeing organic sections in the grocery store. And a lot of people were like, what the fuck does this mean? Like, why is this apple organic and this one's not? They look exactly the same. Or in some cases, my organic orange is the size of my fist and the non-organic one is the size of a basketball. What gives here? And then it raised the question like, well, if this is organic, which simply means it's not grown with any pesticides or chemicals, then what the fuck have I been eating? And there's going to be that same awakening when it comes to fashion and apparel. There's going to be that same awakening where you're going to start to see, again, we'll see which one of the brands are smart. They're going to stop dyeing their clothes with harmful chemicals. They're going to stop intermixing, you know, chemical-based textiles that could be harmful because your skin is the biggest organ on your body and it absorbs what you put on it. So if you cover yourself every single day from socks, underwear, shirt, shoes, hat, belt, you know, the whole nine yards, you're covering, you know, 90% of your surface of your body that's rubbing up against and sweating and heating up and your pores are opening and you're letting chemicals and dyes in all day long. So someone is going to start um, spearheading that that movement and it's going to happen. I'm 100% sure 
that that's going to happen. It's just I don't know which one of the big brands is going to jump on it first. But if you're paying attention to the holistic movement of this country as we get away from chemicals and away from harmful things and we start looking for a more balanced natural life, again, you're going to start looking at all natural, 100% cotton, not dyed, wool, fabrics and, and textiles and things and from curtains to bedding to clothes. But the fashion industry is really behind on this. You know, we're still out there spending thousands of dollars on Gucci and Prada and, and, you know, major luxury brands for stuff that's being made out of fucking polyester and vinyl and dyed with chemical dyes and flame retardant things. And so we're starting to get smarter. So you're going to see that as you see the holistic side of things and you know, all that go up, you're also going to see a trend in that. I don't know if that's going to be 2020, but I'm, I'm saying over the next 36 months, you're going to see that. So that's about the right time to start thinking about investing in things like that. Again, back to like you and four friends, 10 grand each, open up a vegan cafe or a plant-based cafe and watch how many people come out of the woodwork. You'd be surprised no matter where you live, how many people are just eating at home a lot because they're trying to live that way and there's nothing available to them. So you're going to see more and more of that. I mean, and if look, if you don't believe that, go to your local Burger King and ask them how many Impossible Whoppers a day they're selling. Because what Burger King did is they cornered the fucking market by saying there's Burger Kings everywhere. There are not plant-based options everywhere. So let us be the first in like the fast food chain restaurant kind of thing to get on top of this. And ask them how many they're serving a day. And it's going to be staggering to you when you find out how many people are ordering those a day. Now, imagine if you had a menu that was custom tailored to a plant-based diet that was right there all the time and how well something like that could do. And then it's, it's a small business. It's local. It's mom and pop. People feel good about it. I mean, I still personally don't feel great about ordering a Whopper in any variety or supporting a restaurant like Burger King. But people do it because there's no other option. So it's about creating that option. So a lot of things in food service are going to get automated. 100% you're going to see, you know, automation come into the food service industry. It already is there in many regards, but you're going to see it take a much bigger um, leap forward over the next couple of years. But service-based industries that are not easily automated, that's where you want to be putting your money. Um, I promise you, there is still so much out there um, that's not going to be easily automated that you can invest in. Um, the law, I know that sounds ridiculous, but having a conversation right now about um, becoming a, you know, a part owner of a law firm because you're not going to automate a lawyer and people need lawyers for everything. There's, there's constant work in the law. As long as there are human beings, there's a need for the law. So things like that. And I'm just using these as examples and I'm kind of giving you a little insight into what I'm personally investing in so that I'm not, I'm not just telling you, I'm putting my money where my mouth is and I'm actually telling you what I'm putting my money behind. I bought a salon and a spa. I'm putting more money into more restaurants. Uh, I'm putting money into a law firm. Um, I'm also doing some investing into wellness this year, yoga studio, um, I'm looking very hard at a supplement company that I'm thinking about buying into that's making raw natural supplements in tincture form. So the oil extracts and oils of uh, very popular, not CBD, um, I'm over that, of um, you know nutrients that your body needs that are easily adaptable. A lot of people don't like swallowing a vitamin or chewing a vitamin. So we're doing raw organic tinctures of different extracts that can easily just be mixed into drinks. Uh, you know, you can put a squirt of this and a squirt of that in your morning juice and you're getting a vitamin or a mineral that your body needs. So looking at health and wellness, um, mental health, every town should have a mental health center. So this is where like doing, doing your good work, you know, putting back into the world, 
comes in with also being an entrepreneur is there's not enough, and I'm not talking about like psychiatrists or psychology officers, I'm talking about help centers or people who are battling with mental health, a place for them to go and talk to somebody and get a resource center to get help. Things like that are drastically needed in this country. There are not enough of them around. So, and the medical field, of course, the medical field, because automation is never going to be able to replace a doctor. I don't believe that that will happen in our lifetime. So um, you've seen, we've all seen the uptick in urgent care centers over the last, you know, decade. I mean, it went from like you had doctor's offices and hospitals and that was it. Now there's an urgent care on every corner, but there's a lot of medical services. And I'm not talking about the basic, you know, box of common cold and influenza and things like that. We're talking about other medical services that people are getting specifically cosmetic services, lip injections, laser skin treatment, um, cool sculpting, uh, liposuction, all of these kind of cosmetic, but then the holistic stuff as well, which is injection nurses that can give vitamin B shots and ozone shots and rehydration therapy and all of these kind of things, respiratory therapy. These are niche markets that kind of fit into the medical world that again, they're based in the service industry and they will not be automated in the next decade. And these these are industries that are going to continue to grow and thrive. So 2020 outlook, I know I've been rambling, I apologize, but 2020 outlook for investments, bottom line, you should be looking to invest your money into service, serviceable businesses, service industry, service businesses that are not easily automated. If you can fathom that a computer or a robot or a technology could replace the person in an industry or a job, do not invest in it. If it's fathomable, if you can think about it and go, yeah, I could see that happening. Like someone was telling me the other day, oh, Zach, service business. What about like an auto mechanic shop? Negative. Because we are, you know, robots build cars. It is a very, very short amount of time before your oil changes and your basic car service is going to be done automated. You're going to pull in to like a Valvoline or a Jiffy Lube and it's going to be a one-man guy there that just punches in what you're getting into the computer and it's going to be a system that does it. It's going to be a robot arm and something else that is changing your oil and doing that kind of stuff. So no, I would not invest into the automotive or mechanical side of the world because I think that these are the things that are easily automated. We don't see it yet. You're not coming across it today, but it's just like anything else. One day I went into my local grocery store that I've been shopping at for years and there was a self-checkout, no person. And it seemed bizarre to me, it actually pissed me off because I thought, fuck, this is a computer taking a job away from a person, from a family. And I was all against it. And I was, I remember being mad about it. I actually stopped shopping at that store because I was like, what a bunch of dicks. You know, some guy at the top decided that it would be cheaper over the long run than employing a person to just, you know, spend 20 grand on a computer and have it done. And as much as I was angry about it, here we are, you know, 10 years later, and it's every single store has, you know, automated checkout lines that you can just go in and you don't have to interact with a person. So you're going to see that coming in to some of the other service industries. So if you can think it, if it seems plausible that, hey, this is something that probably could be automated in the next, you know, three to five years, then I wouldn't put your money behind it. Um, so that's it, man. That's my spiel. First part of this, and I'm going to share more because Quite honestly, a lot of the questions and a lot of the comments that I've gotten when I ask people to hit me up on Instagram and DM me, a lot of you guys do. And one of the things that I've heard is I'm all self-help and like wellness and like spirituality and turning the other cheek and being fucking emo. I'm all that all the time. And I haven't been really businessy on this podcast. So I'm trying to give a little back. People are asking me what I'm investing in, what I'm spending my money on over the next year, my 2020 outlook for investment. That's what it is. 
small businesses, startups, specifically related to the service industry, and then also around health and wellness and beauty as we move forward as a society and we're figuring things out. You know, everything we eat and put on our body and have in our homes has some sort of cancer-causing component. Cancer-causing plastics, cancer-causing, you know, fucking sprays and dyes and all these things that are making us sick and we're figuring it out. And we don't want to be into it anymore. So for me, it's about yoga and meditation and vitamins and supplements and plant-based eating and nutrition and raw materials, pure textiles that are not dyed with chemicals, things like that. And so anything in that world, I 110% encourage you to invest in. And again, small investments. Don't go crazy uh, with what you're doing. I always tell people, if you have $100,000 to your name, do not invest $100,000 into anything. Don't go all or nothing. I mean, I'm getting into what my next podcast is going to be about is how to make smart business investments. You know, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, you should be investing in something. You have 401ks and retirement plans and you know IRAs and different things where you can put your money, but investments that have the possibility of a bigger return are always better in my opinion, but never go all in. That's the dumbest thing is, oh, no risk, no reward, bro. Absolutely not. It's the fastest way to lose your $100,000 is to invest it in something, even if you're confident in it. Small investments. I say I would never recommend investing more than 25% of of what you have, 25% of your net ever. So if you have $100,000, think about making a $25,000 investment. Nurture that investment, guide it, put as much as you can into it and wait for that investment to return. And when that investment returns double up, then you can go 50. You see what I'm saying? Like it's not, it's not a race. It's a marathon. And the first investment that I made, you know, when I started my restaurant franchises and all these things, the first investment that I made at the time was about 20 grand. Cause that's all I had. You know, I had other people investing with me, but I had like $20,000. That's, that's all the money I had. Um, and I put it all in which would have been a fool's errand had I not been successful. That would have been a really dumb thing to do. But I started there and I built 20 into 40 and 40 into 80 and 80 into 200 and 200 into 700 and 700 into a million and a half and so on and so forth. And so this is how we I built my investment profile. But these are also my own businesses. And right now I'm very big on investing into, this is the last thing I'm gonna end with this. I'm very big on investing into businesses that already exist right now. There's a lot of fun in putting your lifeblood and your soul into a startup. It's super fun. Like you're building something from scratch. It's exciting. It's scary. It works your full emotional spectrum. But there's also a big value in going and finding a small business that already exists or an idea or a platform that's already operational or already exists. And someone else has done the legwork to get it to that part and seeing where you can add value. Sometimes you can add value just by writing a check. And that value can can help the business realize their next phase or just your expertise plus some money. So I would encourage you if you like if there's a business in your town that you think could be so much better of like how many times have you walked into a place or eaten at a restaurant or something and been like, God, this place is so good. There should be like 10 of these. Like next time you think that jot it down, like maybe there should be 10 of these. Maybe the chef that's in that kitchen deserves to have 10 locations. You should be thinking about how you could be a part of making that happen or a great product or whatever it might be. Um, but small business for me, jobs and service industry that are not easily automated, that's the next three to five years for me. I would stay like, I, again, I never shit on tech. I'm not going to say don't invest in tech, but be very careful because technology is moving faster. By the time you hear about it or see it, it's already too late. I, I would just say that like, not that, you know, 
eHarmony came out and then, you know, Match.com did just as well, if not better. And, you know, there's always, you know, and there was there was fucking MySpace and then there's Facebook. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen in offshoots, but what I'm saying is by the time it gets to your ears, it's probably already, it's, it's sailed. And there's 5,000 other people that are thinking the same thing you're thinking like, oh, I should start a dating app. Dude, I've watched 100 people fail on dating apps in the last eight years. I've literally, people I know, friends of mine putting hundreds of thousands of dollars behind specified dating apps. There was a dating app that was being developed for specifically for people who had STDs, uh, lifelong STDs. That, you know, there was dating apps for people who had this, countercultures, gay apps, straight apps, grinder, Tinder. I mean, so much money put in and so much fucking money lost um, because the market was just saturated and flooded. So with tech, be careful, you know? I mean, if you happen to be like next door neighbors to like some 15 year old kid who's developing the next technology that's going to change the fucking world, maybe. But if... And this is the last that I promise I'm ending with this. If you want to be in the in the sexy tech world, which is not that sexy, brick and mortar businesses. And when I say brick and mortar, by the way, I don't mean a physical building anymore. I say brick and mortar is as a real business, a place where people work, even if it's an online website where people go to an office to run it. That's sexier to me. But if you want to be in the tech world and the app world um, and things like that, and you think that stuff is is really sexy and you want to be in that world. The only thing that I would recommend investing in over the next two to three years would be voice. Um, We're talking about Alexa and Siri and how that technology is going to change and augmented reality, AR, um, because I definitely see a new set of glasses, not Google Glass, a new set of fashionable glasses like sunglasses, like, you know, fucking Ray-Bans or something coming out that have an AR component built in. So you're driving and you're getting your directions in the lens or you're walking and it's popping up a little pop-ups on like, oh, you're passing a store, things that are on sale where you could literally say, Alexa, remind me this week that I need a new pair of shoes and I'm looking for sales. So you're literally walking down the street in Manhattan and all of a sudden a little you know icon pops up in your field of vision that says this store has shoes that you like on 20% off today, like things like that. It's, it's a whole new generation of advertising we're going to see with AR where your field of vision is going to change because there's going to be pop-ups like you're in a grocery store and it's like the organic aisle that comes up like every aisle is marked where products are located. No more clipboard signs on the side of things telling you where do you find things like Alexa, help me find drywall when you're at Home Depot and like you get directions on what aisle it's in just come up in your your field of vision if you have these glasses on or maybe at some point it'd be a fucking contact lens. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting three podcasts ahead. This is what it is. These are my these are my investment uh, guidelines and advice for 2020. I'm going to be talking more about this, probably doing one at least every week um, as these things develop. And I'll actually let you guys watch me succeed and or fail on the investments that I'm making. So right now, I just bought a salon and spa, and I'm whipping this place into shape. So over the next month, I'm going to be focusing heavy on that. I'm opening a new restaurant um, and kind of a club in Hollywood that is going to be opening in the next uh, eight weeks. So I'll let you guys in on that once we actually announce it. And um, I'm, I'm talking about a supplement and so and cosmetics. I'm going heavier into cosmetics this year than I have been in the past. So I will let you guys watch me win or lose. And either way, you'll learn from it, hopefully. That's it for today. Follow me on all social media at The Real Zach Neal. If you want to talk to me, DM me on Instagram. Have a great day. Goodbye.